What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Talk about expect the unexpected. Why is tech at a record? This is a totally different playbook over the last three weeks, and all of a sudden we reverted back to what we've seen for the majority of 2023. Record high in the NASDAQ 100, and Guy and I just couldn't get our arms around why. So Ralph Schlossstein, Evercore Chairman Emeritus, is here to help us understand it. Ralph, it's so good to see you. Why do you, uh, it's great to be here yeah. on your very last, last day. I'm really sad about that. Yeah, you guys are it, amazing together. Oh, thank you. Tell you your really friends. really are. And, uh, <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell anybody. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll tell the entire audience. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. We are definitely sad to, to be parted. But it is good to have you on the last show. So what do you think about tech? Well, I think if you look back over uh, the last 10, 15 years, uh, when new uh, innovations, new technologies have come into the world. Uh, the market in the earlier days has consistently undervalued them. Look at how Google traded. Look at how Meta mm-hmm. traded uh, in their early days. Look at how Netflix traded. Even though we all thought they were uh, highly valued and perhaps even overvalued, and I think the market has become accustomed to. Uh, particularly in periods when risk is valued in reaching uh, from a multiple point of view and a multiple of earnings point of view uh, for uh, these uh, high growth uh, and really strong market mm-hmm. position companies. But it's still Ralph, scary. what does it say about... Well, okay, so why, okay, why is it scary? Does it remind you of 2000? Does it remind you of a previous era? Is that, what, what is it that scares you about this? No, it, I don't think we're at the world of, of 2000. I mean, if you looked at some of the companies uh, then, uh, there were companies that had literally no earnings nor any prospect of having earnings, and they were valued at multiple billion dollars. Uh, I remember looking at uh, a company that's a terrific company, uh, Cisco, uh, and in 2000, it was valued as if it would capture 150% of the router market. Wow. Uh, so, you know, that's just not possible. Uh, right. And I don't think we have that kind of froth uh, in the system right now. If you look at the multiples of the Magnificent Seven, uh, in large measure, they're, uh, they're fact and earnings based, not hope based. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, and you know the overall valuation of the market is not, you know, it's not cheap, but it's not way stretched either. And as rates have come down, the valuation has become a little more reasonable. So, if I said to you that the Fed's going to cut seven times this year, buying tech makes sense. Well, I don't believe that's going to happen. You don't. Okay, what do you think is going <laughs> to so happen? So don't tell me that. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I think the market is over uh, expecting. Uh, interest rate cuts by the Fed. Uh, And by the way, if we did have seven interest rate cuts this year, uh, that would be a bad thing. 
not a good thing uh, because it would be a, uh, the reason they would cut that much would be that they're seeing real uh, weakness in the economy and that the employment part of their dual mandate was at risk. And we don't want that. Uh, you know, what we want uh, and certainly what the Fed is hoping for is uh, a continued reduction in inflation without too much erosion in the strength of the employment markets. And, you know, if you look at 2023, you'd have to give the Fed a pretty damn good grade uh, for what they achieved. If you were sitting here in January of 23 and said we would end the year where we're ending now in inflation and uh, uh, employment and unemployment, uh, everyone on the planet would have said, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, so. What, what, what do you want to own in that kind of scenario? If, if we get a soft landing, if the Fed can deliver and continue to deliver an economy that is seeing full employment, we've seen the claims numbers this week, they're stunning, um, and sees inflation coming down. We've just seen the University of Michigan numbers co come in as well. Consumer feels good, inflation is coming down. What do you want to own in that kind of scenario? Is it big tech, or is this the environment in which the market should, in theory, broaden out? Uh, I'm a believer that at some point the market does broaden out. There are a lot of great companies that are actually trading at discounts and in some cases significant discounts to the market multiple. Uh, I think small uh, and mid-cap companies uh, have been uh, left behind uh, a little bit. And I think that's, you know, particularly uh, the case when you think that, you know, small and mid-cap companies tend to have a little bit higher proportion of their sales uh, in uh, domestically mm -hmm. in the U.S. Uh, and the U.S. economy is clearly the outperformer. Mm -hmm. uh, the trend, and I'm not sure I necessarily am a huge supporter of this, but the trend is definitely in uh, more trade barriers, less uh, flow of goods and services across the border. That's something actually that should benefit uh, the Russell 2000 relative to uh, the S&P and, and the NASDAQ 100. So does that mean that if, if I'm at the Fed, that it's a possibility that there won't be a landing, but that won't necessarily mean the Fed's going to have to hike or that we're going to see a massive acceleration? Uh, I, I think the probability of the Fed hiking at this point is very, very low. But we could uh, not land. Like, like we, uh, things could just bump along okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you ask me what do I expect to happen this year, I think inflation continues to drift down mm -hmm. uh, much more slowly than it came down in 23, but the general trend will be positive. And, you know, the, the range of, you know, I guess recessions are judged by GDP growth is, you know, down a little bit to up to two and a half percent. So it's a pretty narrow range uh, unless we get a serious exogenous uh, shock, uh, and we've had some which haven't really affected the market. So I think you uh, you can never be totally relaxed on those things because we never see them before they happen. Uh, but uh, in the absence of that, I think the the band of uh, activity or expectations for the economy this year is relatively narrow. It's not very exciting. Ralph, what's going to be most? No, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> uh, uh, but but it could. But no. But Ralph, you look at the year ahead. There's plenty of potential for excitement. Uh, you've you've already alluded to what is happening in the Red Sea and some of the potential shocks that could come from there. 
But let's fold in politics here, U.S. politics. We're heading towards an election at the end of this year. Donald Trump is polling very strongly. It's, it's a coin toss in terms of, of what the polling is predicting at the moment about as to who will be the next president of the United States, where it's to be Biden versus Trump. I, I know you've got some skin in the game here, but, but is that, is that going to be the biggest factor here in terms of the way that U.S. markets trade this year? What happens with politics rather than what happens with the Fed? That will uh, certainly be a, a big factor. Uh, as, uh, as you look back historically, uh, election years have generally been positive years uh, for the market because uh, the Fed tends not to try to make sharp moves uh, during those years uh, uh, in support of one or what that would be viewed as support of one or the other candidates. Um, and, you know, Fiscal policy tends to be on glide path uh, during election years as well. So uh, I think the election uh, is it's a, certainly a factor. Uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat, um, but way down the list of things that concern me about Donald Trump are that he's a Republican. Right. Uh, I'm concerned that... Uh, you know, uh, way before I'm a Democrat, I'm an American and I believe in our institutions and I, I'm shocked and appalled that we have a, a candidate representing one of the two great parties uh, who doesn't think there was really anything wrong with January 6th, who doesn't really believe in the peaceful transfer of power, who doesn't believe that we should be supporting uh, Ukraine in what I think is an existential mm-hmm. battle for the, uh, the democratic West. Uh, and I think those things are, in my view, terribly threatening to uh, our democratic institutions and to our role in the world. And f- for market participants, impossible to price. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, you can't hedge that kind of that kind of risk. It does, though, seem that no matter who is in the White House, we will see more spending. It's a matter of where the spending may be, and with Trump, there'll be tax cuts in a particular way. Um, well, how do you think that that winds up playing out over the medium term? Like, there is no cap to spending anymore at all. Well, I think we have a. We have a spending and a taxing problem, both. If you look at the uh, percentage of the um, GDP that is U.S. government spending, it has gone up a little bit, not a lot. uh, And it has gone up a lot less than the percentage of GDP that goes to federal tax receipts. Uh, so uh, we have a serious deficit problem in this country. We have a serious fiscal imbalance. And at some point, that is going to come home to roost. And it's going to come home to roost in a pretty ugly and unexpected way, in my humble opinion. Jim. Uh, and, but the, you know, the, the solution to that is, uh, you know, unfortunately, we have a, uh, a Republican Party that uh, doesn't really act with much fiscal restraint and cuts taxes all the time, and a Democratic Party that certainly doesn't act with much fiscal restraint and is fearful of reversing the tax cuts that Republicans have made because they're very popular. So we're not in a great spot. 
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Do you think you could get a... Does Liz Truss have a lesson to teach America? Uh, yes, uh, you can't have a policy that's not in some way moored to the general economy of, of your country and the world. That's, or, a, that's or, a pretty good lesson. Or do you just basically need a lot of, like, a one big pension fund in one part of the market to move it? Because you can make that argument. We've seen that lots of times, and it hasn't had the same kind of effect like we saw with uh, Liz Truss last year. But, but, the, but could you, know, you I have, think could you, at, some point, at some point, Ralph, does the bond market say enough? Uh, at some point, you, you can't keep doing this. Yeah, I don't. I'm not predicting that's going to happen this year or next year. But if we continue on the path that we're on right now, at some point, uh, there is going to have to be a major, major adjustment in our fiscal policy. And that will most likely be precipitated by the bond market because uh, the bond market actually tends to discount uh, future problems or issues more quickly than the stock market does. We only have about a minute, but I'd love to get your take on where China goes here, because no matter who's in the White House, it feels like the decoupling, de-risking will not go away. Yeah, I think the, uh, uh, first of all, I, I, I don't think you can blame the decoupling and de-risking uh, primarily even on the United States uh, or the West. Uh, there's been a pretty dramatic shift uh, in the leadership of, the, of China and their attitude toward free and open trade, uh, joining the world order. Uh, and you see this if you talk to 100 companies that have global businesses and have businesses in China, uh, they'll all tell you it's it's somewhat different. Uh, and so some of what uh, we're experiencing in the United States and in the West is a reaction to that. Mm -hmm. And some of that is, uh, you know, just pure politics in the sense that uh, you would have to search really long and hard to find any meaningful leader in either party who wants to stand up and say, you know, we really need to 
reverse course on yep. China and get closer. Ralph, for the last few years, Alex and I have really appreciated your time and your wisdom. Thank you very much indeed for today. Thank you very much indeed for all the other appearances as well. Ralph Schlossstein. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.